absolutely vital to the operation, absolutely uh, essential to what we want to do. We cannot operate as Christians without prayer in our life. We can't do it. It's impossible. Absolutely going to crash into the dirt. In the same way, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere without Pat Mahomes. We're not going anywhere without prayer. We're not. We're not going anywhere without being a praying Christian. I've heard it said like this. You guys have probably heard me say it from this pulpit. When we are prayerless, we are powerless, okay? When we're prayerless, we are powerless. When we are not devoting ourselves to a life of prayer, we will have no power. There will be no sustenance, no strength, no sauce, whatever you want to say behind it. There's, there's nothing to it. There's no power behind it because, because we're not in connection to the one who is all-powerful, right? When we're not praying, we're relying on our own strength. And so... You know, once again, what Pat Mahomes is to the Chiefs, prayer is to our life. Absolutely essential. Absolutely vital. There is no way around it. We cannot paint around this picture, folks. We're not going to beat around this bush. We have to be praying Christians. We have to be praying people on our knees, in our closets, in, in your car, in your church, wherever it is that you find yourself needing to go to the place of prayer, we've got to do it. We've got to make it a habit, got to make it a priority. It's got to be on our list as priority numero uno because absolutely essential, absolutely vital. Prayer is our guide through life. Prayer, 100%, everything that we need. And the early church showed this, right? The early church showed this. We've been looking at this saying, man, they received the Holy Ghost. They received this power from on high. How did they do it? They devoted themselves to prayer. Devoted. Devoted. You ever met anybody who's devoted? Devoted to something? You know, the world tragically just, um, you know, went through, a, went through a tragic loss with Kobe Bryant. You know, I'm a sports guy, so there's my second sports analogy. Kobe Bryant was devoted. You could say devoted to his craft. You might have met someone who builds houses. They're devoted to what they do. Very, very good at it. Very, very excellent at it. They do it on a daily basis, right? That is what they do. They're devoted to it. The, the word says they were devoted to prayer, meaning this was not just a, you know, once a month thing. This was not just on a Christmas and Easter type thing, right? This was not just every once in a blue moon, but on a daily basis, they were, they were, they were seeking out, intentionally making this a priority in their life. The devotion was there, and as Christians, if we want to strengthen our walk with God, if we want to see our lives uh, strengthened and improved in our walk with the Lord, it has to come through prayer. It has to come through prayer. This is what the Acts 2 church did. This is what we want our church to be. This is how we want our church to live and to walk. So, that's my little introduction. I won't mention Pat Mahomes' rest of the sermon, you know. For everybody out there that might be, you know, not cheese fans or whatever. We have to devote ourselves to prayer. But I want to talk about prayer a little bit more in depth, okay? Because I believe that there are three levels of prayer. Three levels of prayer. And I believe that most Christians and most people, maybe that don't even, maybe not even Christians, but just believe in God, you know, um, only scratch surface level number one. So let's go through them. Number one, first level of prayer. This is where, this is typical prayer. This is, this is baseline prayer. Most everybody, this is kind of what they think about when they think about prayer. Level one is petitionary prayer or presenting requests before God. This is, this is when you come to God and you say, God, hey, please help me with this. Or God, please give me X. Or God, 
please answer this prayer. God, this is what I want you to do. God, you are my butler. I'm going to order you around. And God, do this, do that, right? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really caricaturing it, right? I'm, I'm taking it to the extreme. But that is sometimes our mindset sometimes, right? The only time we do go to God is to present a request to him, right? And say, God, you are almighty and all-powerful. Will you please do this thing? And that is not bad, but it is bad when it's the only thing we pray about, right? That's, that, it becomes bad whenever that's all our prayer life is, is just asking God to do things for us like he's our waitress at Texas Roadhouse, right? That's when it becomes a bad deal. We want our prayer life to go deeper than that. To be, to be, we want our roots to go deeper than that, don't we? I mean, think about it from God's perspective. If, if the only time that God hears from you is when you're asking him for something, that doesn't seem like a very deep relationship to me. You know, uh, husbands and wives in here, if, if your significant other, the only time they talk to you is to ask you to go take out the garbage or to do the dishes, you wouldn't have a very good relationship, would you? You know, but we treat God like that a lot of the times. The only thing is scratching that level of prayer is, is just presenting requests to God. And, and, and do not get me wrong, I believe that presenting requests to God is faithful to the Word. The Word tells us in James 5 13 through 16, is anyone among you sick? If so, the elders should come together, should get the oil out and anoint them, lay hands on them and pray for them. And God will answer that prayer because the prayer of a righteous man is effective. That's what the word tells us. So we do present our request to God. What I'm saying this morning is that shouldn't be the end goal. That should be the, that should be the starting line, right? That's where we start is we present requests to God. But that is, that is level one. We want to get to level three. We want to get to level three. And I want to break this down, these three levels, through, through a look at the Lord's Prayer. We pray the Lord's Prayer every single Sunday here at the River Church. Why? Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. <laughs> you know, he told us, hey, do this. And so we, we're, we try to be faithful to what he does. And so we want to pray that. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. If not, it's going to be on the screen because we pray it every uh, week. Chris, if you could go back to that prayer. Yeah, just right there. You know, Jesus and his disciples are together, and they, they're, they're asking him, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. He says, when you pray, pray like this. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, stop right there for a moment. I just told you that... that we should uh, present requests before God. And Jesus understands this because right here smack dab in the middle of the Lord's Prayer in your Bible, it's going, to be on verses, um, it's going to be on verses 11 and 12. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need, God. God, in my life, God, I pray that you would give me what I need. God, I, I don't need luxuries and riches, but God, I pray that you would provide. I pray that you would take the situations that I need help with, and God, that you would provide daily bread, daily food, daily, daily um, provision for what we need. God, I pray that you would intervene. There's also an element of repentance to this, right? God, forgive us of our sins. God, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm presenting this request to you. God, I request that please forgive me of my sin as I forgive those around me who have sinned against me. And that's, it. that's another sermon for another day. But notice what Jesus says there. God, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. It's a double-edged sword there, right? God, forgive me. But then the Lord's going to look at you and say, are you holding unforgiveness in your heart? 
You have hatred against your brother or sister. You got that family member you haven't talked to in years. It's time to go forgive. It's time to go make up. It's time to go to, to dissolve that, to bring reconciliation. Because I was talking to my uncle last night. I said this. I said, when two people are following the Lord, really seeking the Lord for long enough, there's no way they can stay in hatred of one another. No way. Because I believe that when the Holy Spirit is really working in your life and you're really praying, the forgiveness of God will come into your heart and you will begin to forgive that other person that's hurt you. This is what Jesus is saying here. As God forgives you, you need to forgive others. You need to go forgive others. It's not an option. It's a command. It's a command. As a Christian, these are things that we should do. Sorry, this little sidetrack there. But these are requests that we present before God. Requests that we present before God. Um, that's level number one, petitionary prayer. Typical prayer. Most people pray like this, okay? Level two is what I would say communication. A little bit deeper, right? Well, it's... it's, 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 it's Moving God from being your butler to what Jesus says here in the beginning, our Father, right? It's a relationship. A relationship is beginning to develop. Understanding that God is our Father, that God is creator, that God is, is, is above all and in all, that, that Jesus is our Savior, it, right? It's, it's building a relationship. And so this, this comes in, the best way I can describe this is in your life, prayer should be a habit. Prayer should be a, a lifestyle. Prayer should, you, you ever met a Christian that says, you know, when something bad happens, they say, well, we just need to pray about it. We just need to pray about it, you know? And sometimes it gets a little crazy. You know, sometimes I say that, I say that jokingly sometimes, you know, what kind of movie we should go to? I don't know, I need to pray about it, you know? Uh, <laughs> joking, but seriously, you have, if you've ever met people like that, you understand that their prayer life is not just about asking God to do whatever, but it has developed into a deep, deep relationship that they have with them. There's a communication. There's a daily walk. You know, there's that old hymn, just a closer walk with thee, right? That's, that's the kind of prayer I'm talking about here is that there is a walk with the Lord that we have where on our, that, that God goes with us outside of the Sunday service. And it's not just about God, do this for me, but it's God, be with me. God, God, be with me, be in, in my life in every single aspect of it. God, I don't want you to just be in the church, but I want you to be in my workplace. I want you to be with me in my school. God, I want you to be with me in my family. All these things that God is with us through that. That's communication. A relationship is starting to form. Level one, there's hardly any relationship. Level two, we, we, got, a, we got some relationship forming here. God, you are my father, my heavenly father. I love you. Thank you for creating me. Savior, Lord, all these titles that Jesus is, has ascribed to him, all these things, there's a relationship that's being formed there. And we understand that, that, that the roots are getting deeper. They're getting deeper. I think to, to kind of maybe relate this a little bit, you know, we preached about worship for two weeks. Prayer and praise and worship are so close together that they, they, they are oftentimes intertwined. That actually praise and worship songs are prayers to God. That, that songs we sang this morning are prayers to God. When we said, you know, glory to his name, glory to his name, that's a prayer I'm, I'm praising God, and that is a prayer from my soul, and that's, that's communication, right? I'm communicating to God how amazing he is, how, how wonderful he is, and it, that relationship is being formed. When we sang this morning, I will trust in you alone, that's communication. So it's gone beyond surface level. We're getting a little bit deeper. It's communication with God, forming that relationship. This, you can see this in verse 9, like I said, with our Father in heaven. 
Level three, this is, where, this is where we need to get more Christians to. This is where we need to get more Christians to because you see people in the world that claim the name of Jesus, but they still got hatred in their heart. They still got a racist attitude. They, they, they still got, still got, still got the, their, their bullying tendencies, right? They still got their tendencies to make fun of people. They still got their tendencies to, to have prejudice. They still got their tendencies to, to hold that hatred against their, uh, against their family member, right? Level three is formation. Formation. The psalmist said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a, a, a right spirit within me. Search within me. If there's any wicked way, I want it out. That's a prayer of repentance. And repentance isn't something we talk about uh, in church a lot. But I believe that when you devote yourself to a life of prayer, a life of repentance should follow. That prayer should not just be about asking God to do whatever you want him to do, but prayer should be God speaking into your life and telling you where you need to be more holy, where God, where God is speaking to you and saying, hey, we need to tidy this area up. Hey, we need, to, we need to work on this here. Hey, that unforgiveness you're holding, you need to repent of that. Hey, that hatred you have in your heart, you need to repent of that. That sin in your life, you need to repent of that. Those things that whenever we really devote ourselves to prayer, prayer is not just about that surface level anymore, but it is forming us. It's formation. Just like the Bible says that we are the clay and God is the potter and he is, he is molding us and shaping us, that molding and that shaping happens through, through prayer, through serious prayer where we come before God, we humble ourselves before him, and we ask God, what would you require of me? God, what, what in my life needs to change? Because listen, you're not perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect, right? None of us are perfect in here. None of us have yet arrived, and we all have sinful tendencies. We all have sin in our life, and, and you know, sometimes in the modern church, we just want to paint over sin. We don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to act like it exists or anything. God loves you as you are, but he ain't going to leave you where you're at. God loves you where you are. You come in here this morning, maybe you're new. God loves you. God wants, desires a relationship with you. God desires to know you. But he's not going to leave you where you're at. When God calls you into his grace, his grace is sufficient, not just for salvation, but to change your life. That every, every single aspect of your life comes in. God walks into that room, and it's a mess, man. I don't know about you, but my room gets like a mess a lot of times. And God walks in here and says, oh, man, I love you, son, but we got to clean this up. We got to clean this up big time. The Holy Spirit gives us that witness whenever we are in the deepest level of prayer. It is formation. The sim a really good metaphor I like for this is this. You know, those of you who studied science in school know that back when I was in school, there was nine planets. RIP to Pluto, you know, not, not, not a planet anymore, I guess. But uh, the eight planets revolve around the sun, right? A lot of times when we pray, we think that we're the sun and God is all eight planets. Got to revolve around everything that I'm doing. Everything that I want, God has to go around what I'm doing. No, it's the other way around, folks. God is the sun and we should be rotating, moving around what he's doing. Whatever God is doing, whatever God is like, whatever God's character is, we should be striving to be like him. We should be striving to get on board with what God wants for our lives, not the other way around. Level one has a tendency to think it's the other way around, that God, go do that, go do this, right? 
True Christians, Christians who pray at the deepest level, should understand it's not about God changing to be how I think God should be, but it's God changing me so that I can be the type of person that God created me to be. It's formation, allowing God to form you into being the kind of person he created you to be. And Jesus knows this so, so well. Listen to what he says here. Verse nine, he says, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed just means holy, for those of you who don't know. Holy is your name. In other words, my Father in heaven, you are so holy. You are so other. If you don't know what holy means, it means to be set apart, that there is literally no one like you, God. None like you. Nobody like you. You are holy, set apart, sacred. And so, God, out of your sacredness and out of your holiness, I pray that your kingdom would come. Not my kingdom, God. Not, not, God, don't fashion this world in the way that I want it. Because if the world was the way that I would want it, then people, there would be a lot of suffering, right? And that, I mean, that's the problem with humanity, right? We have tried to shape the world in the way that we want it. And when we strive to shape the world the way that we want it, you get things like, the Holocaust. You get things like wars and murder, right? You get things, all sorts of all sorts of quarrels and strifes, family conflict, all of those things. When we want to do things our way, well, just look around. You see what happened. Jesus' prayer is the direct opposite of that. God, not our way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, form us into, into your likeness. God, make us to be more like you. God, make us to, to bring about your kingdom, your ways, your will. God, God, your attitude, your mindset, your personality, your love, your character, everything, God, everything that you are, everything that you have always been. God, let that and flood our lives. Let it, let it come into our lives every single aspect, every single part of our life. If you really want to spice up this prayer, instead of saying, uh, on earth as it is in heaven, start inserting situations from your life. God, may your kingdom come in our church as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come in school as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come in my family as it is in heaven. God, may your kingdom come in my marriage as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come in, in whatever it is as it is in heaven. And that's how the kingdom of God comes. As we begin to pray this prayer and quit making it about us and start saying, God, I want your will to be done. I want what you want done, God. I want it accomplished here on earth. And the more people we can get to say, God, your will, not my will, we're bringing about the kingdom of God. God's kingdom be spreading everywhere. Be spreading everywhere. Verse 13, he also says, don't let us, or lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, you know, when we, when we pray, we say, God, deliver us from evil. I don't want to, you know, if you look around the world, there's a lot of things that are evil, just evil. Something we don't talk about enough today, the Super Bowl, is that's one of the biggest human trafficking events in the world. There are little girls and boys that are kidnapped. That's evil. God, deliver us from evil. God, form us into the type of people 
that will resist against evil. Form us in the type of people that will stand for justice. Form us in the type of people that will stand up for what is right. The hard thing in life is not knowing what is right. The hard thing is standing up for it. Is speaking out for it. Is being bold. It's scary. Nobody wants to be made fun of. Nobody wants to, to have that peer pressure. Nobody wants to, to have their finger pointed at them and, and be like, why are you doing this or that? Dr. Martin Luther King said this, the time is always right to do what is right. When we pray, when we are Christians and we are falling on our knees before God, our prayer, one of our prayers should be, God, form me into the type of person to resist evil, to stand up for what is right, to stand up for what is good. The prophet Micah said it like this, for what does the Lord require of you but this, but to seek justice to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That should be a prayer of our heart. God, lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. Let us be the type of people that will, that will stand up against the evil of this world. That's who I want the River Church to be. I want the River Church to be people that see the evil in this world and call it out for what it is. To pray against it, but not just pray against it, but stand against it. To work against it. That's why, that's why we do donations to these organizations back here. The YWCA, the PRC, and the Noise Home. Because there, there is evil in this world. There, there are bad things that happen to people for whatever reason. And we're going to stand against it. We're not just going to pray against it, but we're going to stand against it. And we're going to be a part of the change. This is what Jesus is leading us into praying here. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us out of evil. That should be our prayer. We should be formed by this prayer into better Christians. A healthy prayer life, healthy, vibrant, full, blossoming prayer life will incorporate all three of these things. A dead prayer life, a shallow prayer life. Anybody been to the, to the swimming pool in the summer knows that nobody, none of us here want to go in the kiddie pool. Now, maybe the kids in children's church, you know, that's, where, that's maybe where they want to hang out because it's suited for them. None of us here want to hang in the kiddie pool. That's shallow. That's not good swimming. Good swimming is going off the high dive, right, doing a, doing a double front flip. It, too bad. Hopefully you don't land on your belly, right? But that's what we want. We want to jump right in. Level one prayer is shallow. That's shallow Christianity. I don't want that. I want deep Christianity. I want full Christianity. I want vibrant faith in God. A vibrant prayer life, a vibrant faith in God will have all three of these things. Petitionary prayer. Request before God. Yes. Communication with God as Father, Lord, Savior. Yes. And formation into being more like Jesus. God, search within me if there's any wicked way. It should lead us to repentance, to change our life. Amen. If you're a Christian, we want all three of these things in our life. Have a healthy prayer life. Okay. I want to, I don't want to just talk to you about prayer, though I want to talk to you about application. Because it doesn't do any good if I come up here and the, and the preacher man talks about prayer if you don't go home and do it. It doesn't do any good if I talk about prayer if you never pray. This is something that we, wanna, we want to, to uh, make a habit of in our life. I already mentioned that. But the lifestyle, it must, it must stick. It must be part of our life. And so I want to talk about a couple of those ways in our life. 
A simple way I found that, you know, let me tell a little story real quick. There's a book I read, and this guy, he was a, he was a personal trainer, and he, he, he was trying to get this guy to lose some weight. So he's going to start going to the gym, okay? And this guy, he had his client. He said, here's what I want you to do. Five days a week, I want you to drive to the gym. I want you to park your car, wait five minutes, and leave. Don't even go in. The guy thought he was crazy, and he, he was just like shaking his head like, what? But he did it. Okay, well, the next week, he said, I want you to go to the gym, park your car. I want you to just walk in. I want you to walk in, just stand there. Five minutes. Get back in your car and leave. <laughs> it seems ridiculous, right? You can see where this is going, though. The next week, he didn't just stay there. He said, I want you to go inside. I want you to go and I want you to walk three laps around the track, and then I want you to leave. The next week, he said, after you walk your three laps, I want you to go and just do one machine, just one machine. Eventually, this guy ended up losing 75 pounds. Because he didn't jump right in. He didn't go right in. And it seems pretty ridiculous how it started at first, but he got the habit down. And I think some Christians think that the second that they devote themselves to prayer, they have to be like this giant prayer warrior interceding on, on behalf of the whole world church every day on their knees. I have to quit my job to, to you know. And listen, we need to stop being ridiculous and we start being realistic. God, you know, praying five minutes is better than praying zero minutes. And so what I want to challenge you, church, is that even if it's just praying before your meals, three meals a day or two meals a day, whatever you eat before your meals, pray. Start there. Develop the habit. Develop, develop it in your life. Make it part of your daily routine. Then maybe you turn that five minutes into 10 minutes. Well, two 10-minute sessions is 20 minutes a day, right? Maybe the first time you wake up in the morning. I don't know what your routine is. Maybe you go for a walk or this or that. Find a way to fit it into there. The biggest thing is starting. The biggest thing is getting it going. Amen. You, but you have to be intentional about it. I wrote here in my notes that said, prayer cannot be passive. It must be active and intentional. The enemy is going to send things your way. The enemy... Might be your family, <laughs> you know. Some things might, uh, might come up here, there, right? Things come up. Things happen. I get it. But that's why we have to be intentional. Our intentions must be that I'm going to get this done. We have to be intentional about it. It has to be something that you want to do. You want to incorporate it into your life. I talked about this in my praise and worship message, but I'm going to bring it in here. Another cool little way that you can, that you can develop a prayer life is just through praise and worship. Maybe you're like, I don't, I don't know. You know. Maybe you just don't like it quiet. Maybe you like a little music on. You, know, you, you like to sing the songs that get you going a little bit, get the juices flowing. Whatever works for you. But five minutes is better than zero minutes. Maybe you got to get in your car. You got to play your favorite praise and worship song, and then you can begin to pray to God. Whatever it is, God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. Bradley said it this morning beautifully. You weren't meant to carry that stress. And listen, if church is the only time throughout the week that you're dumping your stress out, it's going to be a long week. It's going to be a long week. And I can't, I can't do it on my own, man. I can't, I can't do it. If Sunday's the only time of the week that you're in connection with God, then man, I feel sorry for you. 
Because God is available. God is present. God is, God is closer than you even know. And if you would just call out to him, if you would just call upon the name of Jesus, change your life forever. It would change your life forever in a strength that is not your own, but it's a strength from on high. It's a strength, strength that, that, that was present on Calvary, but is present today. It's a strength that we have available to us. And that strength would go from being in the, God's presence, but being in your life. And then all of a sudden, you're stressing a little less. I should be rapping. Ryan a little bit. Your stress is less. Your anxiety is down. I don't know what rhymes with anxiety, so I couldn't do that. We need to be praying people, making it a habit, making it a lifestyle for us. Okay. I, I don't know what time it is, but I feel like I've been talking for a while, so I'll start to wrap it up. Pray with people from your church. Prayer should be an individual effort, but should also be a collective effort. There's a reason. You, you know, some people in here, might, you might think we're weird. You know, why do people come down front? It's because we understand, the Bible says that, that in Ecclesiastes, it says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. If you have a string, you know, you could just, yeah, chop it in half. But you get three of them together, tie it really tight, it's not easily broken. The three cords are you and me, or no, you and me and God, all together in unison. That's the, that's, that is the cord of three strands. That is the unity we have as believers. And the Bible clearly teaches man was not meant to be alone. Woman was not meant to be alone. We are meant to be together. And this goes, it, it just all intertwines, you know. I just, you know, just love it when it all intertwines. Praise and worship, but also fellowship and prayer. It all intertwines. We are to be praying people together. That's why we have these connect groups. That's why we want you to sign up to get connected with other believers because we're not meant to be alone. We want you to be connected with other people, to be praying as a group, praying for one another. Last two things. I wrote here, pray with people that are more spiritually mature than you are. Get around people that know the Lord deeply. Get around people that are spiritually mature. Get around people that have been in church for a long time. We're blessed in the church to have some people who've been some veterans in the church, you could say. They've been around a time or two. Get around those people and ask them to pray for you. Get with people that are more spiritually mature than you are. You will feel, begin to feel stronger in your faith. You'll begin to feel, there's a reason that the Apostle Paul said that the leaders of the church should be the elders, because they've lived through it. They've got the wisdom. They've got the, the, the maturation. They've got it going on. They know what life is all about. But most importantly, they know how God has been faithful through it. Last thing is you should not just be praying with people that are more spiritually mature than you. But you should be praying with people who are less spiritually mature than you. You should be a mentor to somebody else. If you call yourself a Christian, your goal in life should not just be to sit around and just soak up the Holy Spirit and then just wait till you die and go fly off to heaven. That's not it, folks. We should be mentoring, investing in, sowing seeds in the next generation. Find those in your church body. Find those in your workplace. Find people around you that are less spiritually mature than you. Speak into their life, but most importantly, pray with them. Pray with them because you could be a reason. You could be a reason that they find their calling. You could be a reason that they uh, get delivered from their sin. You could be part of the reason that they, 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 that they blossom in spiritual maturity because you prayed with them. Find someone that's less spiritually mature with, than you and pray for them. Amen. So 
I believe all these things. We gotta have three levels, we gotta have all three levels of prayer actively involved in our life. We gotta be praying with each other, praying as a church body corporately, but also develop the habit and the lifestyle in your own life. Develop it. Make it a part of your routine. I believe that we will see results. Last thing, this is not really spiritual at all, more of a reminder. Got the connect table back there. There is a prayer box. If you have a request, something maybe that you wanted prayed for today, but didn't, you know, didn't come forward for whatever reason, you can write down those papers back there, slip it in, and we have a weekly Wednesday morning prayer meeting. Everybody's invited. If you want to come before your work, come on down. We, we had a good grand old time last week. We're going to do it again this week, Wednesday, 745 here at the church. We pray over those requests. So you can put a request in and you can come pray with us if you want to. It's all part of it, guys. Here at the River Church, we want to be a vibrant community of believers that care about one another, and prayer is a huge part of that. And so I invite you, I challenge you, each and every one of you, to devote yourselves more to prayer. When we do that, I believe we will see results. Because the Word does say that the prayer, the, 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 the fervent prayer of a righteous man is effective and avails much. So, I'm going to pray to close the sermon. God, we thank you so much for this time together. God, I thank you that you have been faithful. God, you've been faithful to meet us in the worship service, faithful through the preaching of the word. God, I pray now that as we go into communion, Lord, that you would be faithful and meet us in that, God, that we would feel your presence and your spirit in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us a greater sense of devotion to prayer. God, that we would not that we would not put it off, God, that we would not put off meeting with you or, 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 God, being formed by you, but, Lord, that we would devote ourselves once again this day to pray, to seek your face, God, that we might see your presence in a greater way in our life. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.